tonight on Arena. Ricky Gervais and the cast of Afterlife look forward to season three and Oliver Sears with an exhibition telling the story of his Jewish family during World War II. Five one double five one is the text. You can tweet the programme at RTE Arena. Ricky Gervais's Afterlife is the most watched British comedy of the last 10 years worldwide. The series follows local newspaper journalist Tony, played by Gervais, as he comes to terms with the death of his wife, Lisa. Tony watches home videos of Lisa, where we get a sense of their relationship and where Lisa, played by Kerry Goodleyman, speaks, as we'll hear at sometimes colourful language involved, directly to Tony. If you're watching this, then I'm not around anymore. I couldn't say any of this to your face. It's too embarrassing. For you, not for me, obviously. You're never very good at hearing how lovely you are. But you are, you are, you're lovely. But you're absolutely fucking useless. So I thought I'd leave you a little guide to life without me. You've got to turn the alarm off in the morning, yeah? Because if you open the door, it'll set it off and then the alarm company think we're getting broken into. If you do set it off, you've got to ring them. The number's in your phone under alarm. The alarm code is 8645. That's your pin code. You know this. And put it on perimeter, otherwise the dog will set it off. And feed the dog, yeah? First thing in the morning and when you get in from work. And uh, what else? <coughs> got to put the bins out Tuesday mm. evenings. Black bin is household waste, green bin is recycled. And that's how it all kicked off in Afterlife. Well, despite Lisa's advice from beyond the grave, Tony is determined to take his anger out on the world, succeeds only in making his friends and colleagues pity him. The end of season two, however, it looked as if he might be about to bark on a new relationship with Emma, the nurse who'd been looking after Tony's dad. But as season three comes to Netflix this, this Friday, we will see how that develops and if Tony can indeed move on with his life. Earlier today, I spoke to Afterlife cast members Diane Morgan, Joe Hartley and Tony Way. But I started out with the creator of the series, Ricky Gervais and Tom Basden, who plays Tony's brother-in-law, Matt. Well, as we had just two seasons of both the office and extras I wanted to know if as writer Ricky had approached a third season of Afterlife with some trepidation yeah I mean uh always I mean I always whenever I write something even the first season I, I sort of do it in you know so it could end there because you, you never know you, you know people might hate it it might be an absolute flop you know the broadcaster might fall out with me I might get hit by a bus so I do that with the intention of doing a second and um, the reason of the third this time uh, was because it was slightly more dramatic. There was a bigger world. It was about bigger subjects. Um, I, I, I loved, I loved the show. I loved the cast, and I, I really loved it. Um, uh, but I still, I still said I'd only do a third if you know it, it was really mm-hmm. wanted. If the second one went down a storm, um, and I think it's crazy to end it for many reasons. It's at the top of its game. You know, people love it. The money goes up. I love working with these people. But I think it's the best thing to do artistically. And uh, I don't think I could I don't think I could end it better than I have. Mm. Um, uh, and you just got to be careful, really, because even though I'd love to do a fourth, I, I just think it, only, it doesn't take much for people to go, oh, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough now. So 
you, you you've got to you've got to know when to get out. You've got to get out early. I've got to cancel myself before other people. Do. <laughs> uh, you know, when we do see a side of you here, obviously people knowing you from the office, from extras, and from your stand-up routines. You know, you, you take no prisoners <laughs> along the way. But we see a very soft side in the character of Tony, and obviously anything that isn't Tony must be coming from some part of you. Has that soft side been bursting to get out for years and years and years? Or well. I think it's always I think it's always been there, and um, uh, also uh, you know all the characters have got a bit of me in them. You can't just have one that's you that's played by you, and everyone else is this. You know you have to make it fair. You have to argue with yourself when you're when you're writing it. And uh, sometimes I agree with the things Tony says, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I agree with the person he's arguing with. You know because you've, you've sort of written both sides and. I, I think it's always been there. There's pathos in the office when Brent begs for his job back and in extras when he, said, he says sorry to Maggie. Derek was more explicitly um, uh, dramatic. Mm. And, uh, 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 so it's always been there. But I think this is just about such a big subject that everyone identifies. With. Everyone's grieving. Everyone's gone through something. So it, it, just, it just seems um, much more like he's, you know, is wearing his heart on his sleeve. And also... Um, is this the first character I've played that's grieving? And so, of course, he cries more. Yeah. Of course, he's more angry. Of course, he's more pathetic in many ways because he's he's devastated. He's hurt. He's wounded. He doesn't know what to do. You can't you can't choose your emotions. He doesn't know what to do. He tries everything. He tries anger, insults, drink. You know, um, and none of it really works. And uh, uh, until season three, where. You know, he just no spoilers, but he discovers the only thing that can even keep him alive, and and that's yeah. sort of helping others. Yeah, and indeed, Matt, uh, Tom, Tom Bazin with you there as well, Ricky. Uh, Matt, the character of Matt that you play, who's the brother-in-law. So mm. Matt has lost his sister in the, yeah. in this in this story as well. I don't think Matt, yeah. <laughs> certainly up until season three, has seen much of the softer side of 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 Tony. But has uh, has Tom Basden seen a lot of the softer side of Ricky Gervais in the making of this? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I think I think you know the the thing about when we make this show is I think that the 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 comedy has to feel real. It has to feel like you, you're you're finding it funny that it's it's funny on set and the emotions, you know, particularly the kind of sadness has to feel real. And so when we're when we're kind of making when we when we when we're doing the scenes, we we're always trying to. To get to that, to kind of find find a, a way through it, where you kind of really believe it, where you feel affected by it yourself as you're doing it. So, yeah, you, 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 I think for, for me and the, the, all of the cast, really, that you, there has to be the sense that we're that we're really onto mm. the, the kind of emotional truth of this, that we're not faking this, because otherwise you, it just wouldn't ring true when you're watching it. And there is that constant uh, challenge that you have the emotional truth has to be there and the comedy has to be there as well. Now, I've seen the, the outtakes and you seem to have been the butt of many's uh, a corpse, as they call it, when the actor laughs in the midst of trying to deliver a line. I, I wondered, uh, Tom, uh, how, how do you manage when Ricky Gervais is laughing into your face as you have to remain terribly serious? <laughs> I mean... With with mixed success, I guess. Is the answer to that. I mean, it sort of depends. Like there, there'll be a scene that we did when uh, in this series where Ricky is is letting off an air horn in my face, my favourite, and and I'm um, falling onto loads of boxes and it severely injuring myself. And the I mean, it's made it funnier. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
you know, in that context, he can corpse all he likes because that's what's what Tony is doing. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was a, a, a really happy accident because when <laughs> when we first did it and he fell, it was that's the take that's in the series. We got it right. No, you used the first one. Yeah, yeah. But then I did another ten for my own amusement and got it more and more dangerous. And, yeah. and I was laughing. I was laughing so much that every time he had to fall, and we were getting it higher, and we were putting more boxes. <laughs> And it was just, it was yeah. just the funniest thing because it's visceral. There's no clever lines. There's no, there's no plot. It's just one bloke making another bloke fall over. There's nothing <laughs> funnier than that. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, I guess Ricky Gervais that maybe some of those so-called corpsings were you a little directorial ploy on your part to push things as far as they could possibly go. I guess there was a serious element to making everybody laugh on set too. Well, there's one bit where I'm laughing. And then uh, uh, he really did fall and hurt his elbow. And he got up and said, I've hurt my elbow on the dado rail. And I <laughs> laughed again because it was just a funny thing to say. Just, <laughs> it's just this, this, this guy, he plays a pathetic dork really well, well don't you? You know, a, a lanky, not in this show, I know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, think, we, I think when you're when you're doing comedy as well, and obviously there's so much of this that, that is that is dramatic, that is really heartfelt. But I think that the performers have to be in touch with what's funny all the time, because then then they they can bring it into the scenes. They can kind of feel it when they're yeah. doing it. It's important, I think. Uh, but mind you, there was serious worry. There were serious worries, Ricky, when people saw the trailer and Brandy. People said, "What is going to happen with Brandy?" I never would have forgiven you, and this is not a spoiler. Right. You're allowing us to say Brandy survives yes. season three. Um, it's the one spoiler that everyone is allowed to 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 do, and I encourage it. The dog does not die. <laughs> I promise. I, I I couldn't have forgiven myself. No, the dog does not die. Uh, uh, so everyone relax you can watch this in fact no one dies I can give you that okay Okay. having pets instead of children robs us of humanity that's a quote from the Pope (laughs) what was your reaction to that Ricky because you're a great animal lover yeah, but it's it's not the most stupid thing he said, is it? I mean, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's stupid. It's a stupid thing to say, but it's uh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's a it's a it's a strange thing to say, but um, yeah, I, I uh, who, who, who are we robbing? It's weird. I talk about this in my stand up in uh, humanity, where people say it's selfish not to have children. How can it be selfish not to bring someone into the world that doesn't exist yet on any level. It's, it's just a, it's just, I don't know why, st- yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah, you you were in Dublin, you, you were in Dublin last year with, was it was Supernature that you brought here, in fact, wasn't it, at the end of last year? Yes, yeah. You have a soft yeah. spot for the Irish audience? Uh, they're always amazing. I, I played two nights at the Dublin, uh, uh, at the O2 Arena, um, and, oh, they're one louder. It, it was, it's, it's great. I, I first went there, I think, with um, politics, then I, I went back with, uh, I think, science and uh, humanity. Um, they're they're always they're always great. It, I I love I love Dublin. I think I started off my one tour there after the first time I played. Um, but there is fantastic, and I love Dublin as well as a, a city. It's, it was great. Well, listen, hope to see you here very uh, again very soon. Congratulations on, on the brilliance of all three seasons. I'd love to say give us season four, but I kind of understand where you're coming from. Thanks to you, Ricky, and too thanks tired. also to Tom. <laughs> okay. Thank <you. laughs> thanks a million.
Oh, it's not funny, actually. That oh, wow. I disagree. Tony, can you clear this up, please? No. <laughs> Hurt my elbow as well. There you go, Ricky Gervais and Tom Basden there in that scene from season three of Afterlife, the scene that Tom Basden did ten times and then Ricky Gervais used the first take, which is the one that we just heard there. Earlier, I also had a chance to speak to Diane Morgan, who plays Kath in Afterlife. Kath sells advertising at the Tamburi Gazette. That's the newspaper where the whole thing is set. Tony Way was also with us. He plays Lenny, a photographer with the paper, who goes out on assignment with Tony to interview locals with, <laughs> to say the least, unusual stories. And Joe Hartley, who plays June, who has become the character who has become the love of Lenny's life. Diane Morgan will be familiar to many of you for her character Philomena Kunk in Charlie Brooker's Weekly Wipe and as Liz in Sharon Horgan's Motherland. But she's also written and performed her own BBC Two comedy series Mandy. And I asked Diane if working on other people's writing, as she does here in Afterlife, takes the pressure off her. Yes, absolutely. With Mandy, I, I, obviously, I can't blame anyone apart from me. It's all down to me. Even but, the costume, is <laughs> <you>? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I did my own costume. Oh. But um, but with this, yeah, I can really relax, you know, to a certain mm. extent, and and enjoy the whole cast and the script and Ricky and Ricky knows exactly what he wants and what he's doing, and it's just. It's just, it's such a joy. Every day we would go in and just laugh from morning mm. to mid-afternoon when we yeah, finished. Yeah, we got home. Yeah. And it's just the jammiest job in the world because he knows exactly what he wants. So it's all, it all feels really easy, well, it does to us. I mean, mm. obviously for him it's, it's, it's really mm. difficult yeah. and he's got lots to think about. But for us it's just... It makes it oh, easy for us. God, it's just... So lovely, and and I can hear even the way you're you're talking among yourselves as you, as as you're as you're answering there, uh, Tony in particular. I heard you there. There, it sounds as if there is a sense of community, a real sense of community on the set. But how much input is there, or how how strictly written is is Ricky's work in that you know there are beats that must be met, and don't be heading off on a little journey of your own, a little piece of improvisation, please. <laughs> hey, um, you're you're allowed to improvise. I think some characters lend themselves to it more than others i don't think um i don't improvise that much there'd be bits like when we're doing the interviews that we'll add little bits here and there mm. and, and and ricky's very open to that but there are other characters mm. who come in and just do a full performance that of their own creation like yeah. when david Earl comes in as brian gittings you never know what's going to happen there it's impossible <laughs> yeah. um and I think you, Joe, you you did a lot of improvisation in, in um, series one, especially. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a lot of in rehearsal and character building stuff. There's you, the input is is greatly appreciated by Ricky. He wants us to be involved. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah, and that relationship between you playing the character of Lenny, the photographer, and Tony obviously has grown over the three seasons. But uh, Joe, uh, Tony yeah. mentioning there that that improvisation was was certainly a part of what you did in season one. Your character in particular strikes me as one of those who has who treads that line between the very serious side of this story and it's a very sad story that that we're being told in some ways, and also it's hilariously funny in in places. But there's a scene in season three where. June kind of gives Tony a, a, a good talking to. She's she's explaining to him about there's a there's an insurance policy and Tony's trying to decide what to do to do with it. And and she talks to him directly about love. Lenny told me about the life insurance money. All right. 
He hasn't cashed it because he don't want it under these circumstances. Oh, my God, that's so romantic. Well, it is, but the money's not symbolic of Lisa, darling. Money's just spending tokens. Lisa was a beautiful person who you spent your life with. She lives in your heart. She only took out the life insurance so you didn't have to worry about stuff. Take it from the insurance company at least. Enjoy it. Blow it at a casino if you have to. If you don't spend it, Lisa wasted her time. Now, in that speech, how much much improvisation was going on, first of all? And is that a very different register from the, the more comic scenes? Yes, it is. And there wasn't any improvisation in that scene, actually. It was a beautiful little monologue that was written by Ricky uh, that when I got the script, I actually started to cry in the flat because it was like another, just a little dimension to June because, you know, these people, like we was talking about earlier with Ricky, the characters you think don't notice anything or they're a bit nuts or they're a bit silly or they're kind of like, she just overshares, she's there and you, you just pop it along and then all of a sudden she, you notice she's seen everything and she's mm. seen his pain and she's given him that sort of, like you said, direct experience that she's had uh, sharing her own wisdom and and it's a beautiful moment for me and it was generous of Ricky to have seen my character evolve because I was just a little guest in the season one and then because of myself and James he wrote us a little bit more and then it evolved again and I was pleased to have that there there was a there was no Mm. improv in that it was just a yeah and it was a bit I was nervous because I thought well, I just want to get it right. And it is all about timing that and honesty and it can be delivered in so many ways. And I didn't want it to be sentimental because June isn't. So I had to just find a real yeah. middle ground where I sort of said it, but I didn't notice it. I just got to him and then left. So, and yeah. Very different register, I would have thought, Dan, for Kathy, your character in this case. I mean, <laughs> she's permanently lonely, which is very sad. But how do you balance that? In in that case, the the balance seems to be a trickier one to kind of uh, to to tread. Yeah, I I was saying earlier that that sometimes, because I'm playing this slightly sillier character, and then occasionally uh, I'll I'll go to the cafe to do a scene with Ricky and Ricky will cry. And, And because I'm playing a silly character, it's a big gear change to go from silly to responding to him mm. completely honest honestly uh so yeah it, it's 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 been difficult to do actually that but um a really good good nice challenge for me as an actor and but- i think it's always more um touching as well if you go from something that's silly and funny and then mm. and then to be completely honest and and do this upsetting scene it's always more affecting somehow if you come straight from something really silly and funny into something that's really upsetting yeah and i don't, I don't know why it works yeah I, I don't want to give too much away in this respect but there's one scene where you're in a in a laughter yoga that even the words laughter yoga send chills up my spine <laughs> but you're in a laughter yoga and and you literally you turn on a sixpence i would say in the space of 10 seconds yeah. in, in that scene Incredible. Was there, is there huge preparation involved in that type of acting? Is it very different from, you know, something like Mandy or even Sharon Hogan's uh, Hogan's Motherland, where perhaps the comedy is kind of more in front of us? Yeah, it's very different. But um, 
it, it was lovely because it's one of those moments where she goes to this laughter yoga class and she's trying to join in and then all of a sudden this emotion comes up in her and comes flooding out and it, it's uh yeah it's really really quite quite sad uh, but you know you try and play it as honest as you can within the mm. the i'm still keeping character i, I guess but, that is that is what you, you have to look at tony in, in some ways these people are well the characters don't know their characters that they're people they don't know what type of play they're in they don't know what type of TV series they're in whether it's a comedy or a tragedy um, in, in the case of Lenny um, he has a wonderful facility to sit and watch he's a photographer I suppose that's what he does he watches so his reactions are are often quite minuscule but they tell us an awful lot I think yeah he's quite passive in most scenes he especially the scenes when they're doing the interviews because that, like you say he's a photographer that's his job to sit back, keep out of the way, let the let Tony do his job and take the photograph. But it means he gets to see a lot more, I think. He certainly gets to he's always got his eye on Tony. That's his that's his sort of secondary job. He's always got a little eye on him. Um and then yeah, then when he does speak, he either says something profound or something utterly ridiculous. So it's <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Depends whether he's hungry or not, I think, most of the time. And of course, um, 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 Lenny and June are in a much happier place as season three comes to a close than either of them were when the when the whole thing started off. Again, I don't want to be giving anything away. We've been warned about spoilers in, in that particular regard. But uh, would you like to see, Joe, would you like to see a season four, even though Ricky says, no, that's it, the end? I think it's really clever and good place to stop. I think it's a good choice because it keeps it sacred and really special. And if you go overboard, you know, and you do too many, it takes away that real quality and and people, you know, too much of anything is too much. But I would say do all of them for the rest of my life, another 400. (laughs) Um, Just selfish. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I do, I don't feel any... I was going to say pain. It sounds a bit intense. I don't feel too bad about where we've stopped. I think we're really lucky to have got a third season with Ricky. He stops at two. And I think just that is enough and it is beautifully ended. And um, I'm okay with it if he's okay with it. <laughs> Listen, absolutely gorgeous to have spoken with the three of you. Congratulations on a, a season that made me weep and laugh in equal measure. It, it really is lovely stuff. Thanks a million. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Uh, Stan Morgan, Joe Hartley and Tony Way there. And let's finish up with a scene from season three of Afterlife. Diane Morgan as Kath introducing her friend, definitely not her boyfriend, to the rest of the office at the Tambury Gazette. Oh, here he is. Told you to wait outside. Give me a lift to a meeting. We're not an item, obviously. I just like turning up in a Rolls Royce. He knows that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, works out well. What's in it for you, Colin? People think he's got a girlfriend. But he knows that can never be the case. Shame. What with a Rolls Royce and him being a self-made millionaire in a nice block? Would have been perfect. Not for the obvious. What? The face! Duh! Yeah, the face. Even my mum calls me the ugly one. You're okay with that, Colin? It's heartbreaking. I'm destroyed. I used to wish I was dead growing up. But what can you do? Exactly. And that's why I want everyone to know he's not my boyfriend. 
Maybe you should wear a chauffeur's hat. Or a chauffeur's mask. There you go. Dan Morgan in that scene from season three of Af- the of Afterlife, rather. You also heard Ricky Gervais as Tony and Rob Woodhall as the poor old chauffeur, the not boyfriend, Colin. And Afterlife, all of it, the previous two seasons are currently available, but season three will be available on Netflix from this Friday.